0: We're talking about how to grow your relationship with God. And last week, um, I was talking about us using and interacting with the Scripture as an important way, and I didn't get very far. So what I thought I would do is I will, uh, I'll revisit that a little bit today. Um, So we're going to talk about Scripture. Um, Scripture, we talk about can inspire us. And it can instruct us, has all of these um, capacities. And we need people to live inspired lives. And all of us need good guidance, good instruction. And so what I thought I, uh, would be an important thing to do is to, us to think about what role does the Scripture play in your life? You can you think about yourself. Does it play a prominent role, kind of an auxiliary role? A lot of people today, and I'm not picking on the young generation, but i I I just seen this sort of cascade from one generation to the next, but a lot of the young generation, this is what I described last week and I'm going to pick up from there, is the the Bible is kind of um, a relic it's not useful. It's like a religious relic, like something you want to keep around your house. And some people actually kind of have this idea that it almost has magical powers. Like you shouldn't put a glass on it or something like that. Or, you know, and they have these superstitious things. But, but to actually like open it and read it, like you, you'd want to get your... You'd want to get your instruction from something a little more updated, a little more relevant. I think that's something like what a common 20-year-old might think. Like, it's okay to you know, pull it out at you know, great-grandma's funeral or whatever, but it, it's not really going to help drive my life. In contrast to the way Jesus talked about. So let's look at some of the verses. Second Timothy says this. The scripture is... Useful, 2 Timothy 3, 16, it's useful. Um, So the first question I want you to ask yourself is, do I really think that it's useful? God-breathed, we talked about inspired and useful. Everybody wants useful information. You know, uh, you're going somewhere and uh, anybody ever, you start using the the Waze app or Google Maps or something like this? Anybody using these now? And some people is like, I, I don't actually go anywhere without it. When I'm going, I just punch it in there. Now, here's a thing to think about. You could say, well, I already know how to get from here to there. But have you ever gone from here to there and then you didn't realize there was a roadblock and you were late? You we were trying to go from here to there, and then there was construction. So you punch in one of these apps, and, and then say, oh, there's an accident ahead. Instead of going this way, you should go, what? Another way. We call that useful information. You, that's useful. That's helpful. Save me an hour. Save me getting in traffic. Save me from being lost. A, uh, save me from an appointment that I would have missed. Useful. What I'm going to try to do, you can... Decide later if we succeed. I'm trying to, I want to try to reclaim the Bible in the category of useful, helpful to me in my daily life. Now, let's talk about some of the things that people talk about. Well, I met some people who read the Bible, and they are really a piece of work. All right, let's talk about that for just a minute. I know some people that got a well-worn Bible and they're the most obnoxious people I've ever met. Or oh, I met someone that just browbeat me with Bible verses. Okay. That doesn't discredit the validity of the Bible itself. It's something to do with user error. Okay. And this happens. This isn't new. Uh, let's look at this, this scripture. Matthew, all right, 23, Matthew 23, um, Jesus speaking to people who were well-versed in their scriptures, all right? This is Jesus speaking to people who had well-worn Bibles. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. So not only did they read it, not only did they, their life was about it. That's what they did for a living. So these are the, these are the things I expect when I get my judgment in heaven Whoa, you teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. Who's ever heard that word thrown around about a Christian or two? All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but inside full of everything dead and unclean. In other words, Jesus goes through, and this is one, Uh, It's just repeated over and over and over again in Matthew 23. You can look it up yourself where Jesus is just going at these teachers of the law because they had their law and they were misapplying it and they were blaming and judging and condemning everyone else around them instead of being changed, transformed themselves. So let's get this out of the way. Just because that exists it has existed for thousands of years, does not negate the power of what is in there. Are you with me? There are useful, life-changing things here. And just because you can find a person that's a hypocrite doesn't negate. The other thing that I want to talk about just briefly before we, we, we get into the teaching of it, is this isn't the only source of wisdom. And this is important to know. So what I see a lot of people do is they just throw the Bible out because, well, I saw this hypocrite, I saw this, okay, that's, that, that's irrelevant. If I, if I find a person that misuses a car, does that mean all cars are bad? No, it just means the person misused the car. So it can be misused, and this is clear. The second thing is it's not the only source of wisdom. So take the Apostle Paul. If you were to travel uh, to Acts chapter 17, you find Paul in Athens. And when he's in Athens, he's a long way from home base in Jerusalem, a long way from where the scriptures were revered and, and honored and celebrated and read regularly. So now he's, he is thousands of miles away in a Greek city, Roman city, Athens. And they have all these gods and idols. And they don't revere the Jewish scriptures at all. So what does he do? He quotes Bob Marley to them. Well, not Bob Marley, but one of the prophets in their day. And you can look it up. If you don't believe me, look it up. It's in Acts chapter 17. Why? Because they aren't going to relate to him pulling out a Bible verse. You ever been trying to talk to somebody that doesn't believe what you believe and you start pulling out Bible verses and their eyes just roll in the bell? They don't care. But here's the important thing. You don't, this isn't the only source. So Paul says, as one of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Who's he quoting? He's quoting a poet in their day. You can get truth from there. So because it's not the only source, we talked about nature a couple weeks ago, still doesn't negate the power that's here. Let me throw one more at you. People will say this, and this is, this is for, this is not for those of you that, Man, I'm sad, I'm I'm in there, I'm reading it, I'm, I'm trying to grow and change. This is not for you, but this is for when your kid gets sent off to college, or if you're in college. You're going to go to college class, and they're going to pull up these two verses side by side. 2 Samuel 24, verse 1. Here we go. Again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he, who's he? The Lord, right? All right? Who's with me? Reading this. He incited David, saying, go and take a census of Israel and Judah. All right, just a random verse. Hold. Next verse. This is, I think, 1 Chronicles 21. Satan rose up against Israel and what? Incited David to take a census of Israel. Who did it? we ever been sitting there with a wise guy or a wise professor and like, no, nah. well, your pastor didn't teach you that verse? And you can go, well, actually he did. Last Sunday, he was talking about these two verses, right? So what people will do is they will point to something. They'll say, see, the Bible is full of contradictions. Therefore, throw the whole thing out. It doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm going to answer how that makes sense at the end of the sermon if you're still here. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it now. but but I'm making a point. These are the kinds of reasons that people don't take the Bible seriously and make it useful to their life because they've seen a hypocrite, right? Because somebody showed them there's a contradiction somewhere. I'll use it in quotes for now, right? And because they they say, well, I can find a good source of inspiration from a Bob Marley or whoever. And they are like, yeah, no kidding. I was kind of inspired by that one song too. Not either or who's with me so far. We haven't started, but I'm just telling you what we're getting ready to do. These are the things that happen. And then the reason I had to go there is because the the culture is moving away from this. And I think these are three of the primary reasons that our culture is moving away. And we don't have to. You can still come back. Now, Another reason that I touched on lightly last time is now what's happened is because we've we've moved away, we are less familiar with the story. And because we're less familiar with the story, we can't understand it. Now we're confused or bored. Anybody ever been confused reading the Bible? It's okay. I won't look. Because we're less familiar with it. It's less a part of our culture. What we have to do is kind of reclaim it. We We got to kind of bring it back. That's okay. It just takes a little work. I, I use the example of, you know, like a movie. You don't, you're not familiar with the characters. I don't, I don't know what's going on here with Middle Earth and, and all these Gandalf. Who are all these people? It's like, I'm not familiar. But after you get familiar with it, then you, you know. So it might take a little work on your part to learn the Bible. You're going to be around it. You might be in church for a while, and you might go, I don't, I don't know what they were talking about there. You ever been in a movie with somebody, and they're asking questions during the movie? what's going on, what's going on? Just do that, sit in the back and do that. What's he talking about? And they can write you notes and go. We're all learning and it's okay to learn. But it's prob- what I'm trying to say is perhaps it's not great if we don't learn. Perhaps it's not great if we just throw up our hands and go, I don't know, it's just a really old, irrelevant book that grandma liked. Here's the thing I want you to think about a text that's been treasured for thousands of years. I just want you to think about that. How could we think that all of these people are that ignorant? Like the new thing, I know the new thing is what the young is like. You got to come up and tell everybody before me was so stupid. You know, thank God we're here, you know, because they didn't get it. But that's how arrogant is this? And saying, you know, maybe I don't fully understand this. Maybe, maybe I haven't grasped it all yet. But maybe there is something unbelievable. So I want to decide what kind of a foundation I want to give Charlie. I mean, this isn't just like my job. This is personal. I thought about it. So why would you think about it? Because you're a pastor. It's like, no, I thought about it. And I said, I got to make sure. She learns this book. I gotta make sure of it. Start thinking about it, like start reading the story of Moses. She can tell me the story of Moses. Right? Start reading the story of David and Goliath. She tell me the story. Last night we get in the car, and there was some radio preacher on, and he starts, he had two sentences, Vicky. He had hardly got going. He goes, Oh, that's the story of David and Goliath. Why, because I want them down, into, uh, I haven't even got time to get into this, but let me just say something. Those stories are deep, they're deep. I'm not even talking about you parsing and understanding every part of it. What you do with the story is you just shove it down in your soul and somehow it connects when you need it to connect. It's there like a reservoir when all of a sudden I need courage and everyone else is laying down and they need one person to stand up against this tyranny and loudmouth, and all of a sudden you rise up because you know the story of David. There's no instruction that says, now you should go and do what David did. It doesn't say that. It's just, it's just there. And the stories, they go on and on and on and Jesus said this, and this is the thing I want you to think about, because Jesus was no slouch. He gets to the end of his sermon, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, now, Matthew 7, 24, he says, now, if you hear these words of mine, and you put them into practice, anyone who does that is going to be that person who is like building their house on a rock. He goes on to contrast someone that builds their house on the sand, and a storm would come, and the one house built on the sand is, of course, washed away. Here's what I've learned about life. Ready? You don't get to select your storm. I mean, wouldn't it be nice? Oh, a storm coming, uh, you know, 2026, you might want to get your finances in order. Uh, storm coming, you might want to lose some weight. Uh, storm coming, you might want to just you're standing going along, and what? Wham? You're fired. Wham? Illness. Wham. The storms are violent. They're vicious. Who's ever been through a storm in life? Wouldn't it be nice for like a little heads-up? We are watching a movie about the 16-year-old girl from, from Australia who circumnavigated the globe on her little sailboat, endured 70-foot wave. Anybody ever feel like you're riding a 70-footer? So you can't control the storm. You can't. And by the way, a lot of people, a lot of the teaching that's out there is they're, they're, they're trying to tell you that somehow you can. And that's so disappointing and it's so frustrating because you can't. I don't wish it on anybody. I'm just a realist. Jesus was a realist. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. You have trouble and heart. That's the good combo. I have overcome this world. So, what do you need to get through the storms of life? You need a foundation. Anyone who listens to these words of mine and puts them into practice, good phrase, right? Is like a person that builds their house on a rock. You're on bedrock here. I can tell you from personal experience, you know, one of the things. It's interesting because Timothy, Paul talks about Timothy, and Timothy was his grandma who taught him the Scriptures. I know it was my grandma that gave me my first Bible. She had that tattered Bible sitting on her coffee table there. Every day, every day, I wore that thing out. When I was supposed to do her service i I got up to for the first time in my first time in my life, I couldn't say anything. I got up I, I couldn't speak. <laughs> I just went and sat down, cried. Was she perfect? No. but I'll tell you what. There are worse things to build your life on. We could use a whole generation, whole generation. Like I'm not try, I'm, I'm trying to be careful, like I'm not trying to be braggy or anything, but like it, it, it wasn't popular when I was a kid, but, I, but I, re, I remember being in study hall, I would be in study hall like this. My coach came to me one time, he said, Kramer, there are there any good plays in that thing? <laughs> Probably a couple good ones, coach. The stuff we're listening to now, the stuff we are putting in our heads, the stuff we are putting in our hearts. I mean, you think about it. You think about the amount of information, the amount of stuff that gets shoved into your cranium. You think about it. There's a verse that talks about wash with the water of your word. I mean, we need a good brainwash, a good scrubbing. What does it do? What does all that other information do? Fill you with anxiety, fear, rage, doubt, judgment? What should this f- faith, hope, trust, goodness, courage? You know the whole problem. The problem with foundations is, it's one thing to fix like a, a tile on the roof. It's, I mean, you got to fix it's messy. Perhaps we're dealing with a culture that is now being completely built on a sandy foundation. That's a problem. One day we were going to, um, Vicky and I were going to like, well, let me say it correctly. I thought it would be a good idea to add on to the cottage. All we got to do is just add a room upstairs and it's fine. I'm a little cheap, uh, frugal is a spiritual word. I'm a little frugal. And she, she goes, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm like, no, I mean, oh, we going to just put it here and it'd be way cheaper and just... So she brings over her foundation. Vicky built homes for like 25 years for Pulte. She brings over the foundation guy, right, to publicly humiliate me, I guess. But he comes over, and you know he's playing the whole role, acting. And he goes down the basement to look and see if the foundation would do a second story. He, you know, I'm thinking like a couple hours. He'll get down in there, you know, and we'll get like a report and it'll be like a 45-minute negotiation after something in like a three-hour time span. He goes down there. No, it's not going to go. <laughs> In 18 seconds, all of my hopes were dashed, <laughs> as was my wallet. You got You can't do anything without the right foundation. Nice. People are reading all these articles. Oh, but did you see this article? Like, oh, did you know NVIDIA stock? Did you know this? Did you know that? And I was like, yeah, but you don't even have a foundation. Like, what are you going to do? It's like 30 stories high? More spectacular crash? So, it's foundational. And I I made a decision. I wanted to be foundational in my life, and then I made a decision. I wanted to be foundational in Charlie's life. And why do we have all this focus on children and students? Because we want it to be foundational in their life. I was joking with someone, maybe Phil the other day. We were talking about, like, when I, went, when I first started going to church, you went Sunday school. Anybody, anybody old school here? Sunday school. Sunday morning. Anybody, am I warm up to anybody? Sunday night. And Wednesday night. Am I relating to anybody? Put it up there. So a couple of you know what I'm talking about. So how... All right, I'm trying to stay modern, trying to be okay. I realize that, you know, that's probably not going to happen today. But here's the other thing. Think. Now it's just, well, just come Sunday morning. Please, God, just come one time. And I said, well, I'll come if I'm in town, if, if, if I'll come. Then you miss one week. And then you miss two weeks because of this and that. Next thing you know, I'm not casting judgment. I'm, 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 painting, I'm trying to paint a picture of reality. Are you with me? Do you feel judged? Don't feel judged. Just, just look. This is what's going on. And now, if you miss so many weeks, it's like, how are you going to learn what's there? I'm trying to be careful here, but it's like somebody's asked me the other day, like, are you going to go to the draft? It's like in Detroit. I'm like, no. Why would I waste my day going to the draft in Detroit? What because in Detroit, I don't care. I'm not judging you. Go have a good time. Please don't. But it's stunning to me the amount of interest that we will put into all of these things, the amount of time people will spend on a fantasy football team. Now, now I am sounding old school preacher. Okay. But <laughs> I play like two years and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I cannot devote my life to is this guy's knee injured? And, and you say, well, because you're getting a little judgy. I'm just trying to paint a picture of reality. But like these guys, they, they'll say, well, I don't know anything about Hezekiah. Well, who knows about Isaiah, the, this guy with the... And they could tell you the stat and the amount of weight they lost in the Columbine and how much they run the 40 and I'm getting close. Time-tested. Something's been around for 2,000 years. You ought to take a peek at it. Our world treasures things that can seem like it's so close. So like our world, our world today, they prize education. Go back a couple generations, right? Some of you come from families, and it's like, oh, yeah, grandma was the first one in our family to get educated. My grandma, eighth grade. Well, sixth. Anybody? My grandma, sixth grade, that was it. And then, you know, my dad went all the way through high school, and then I went to college. You know, it's kind of like what you did. Now it's sort of like expected. These are the expectations. Intelligence and, ed- and education, they're, they're two separate things. But neither one of those are wisdom. So our culture, like, they, 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 they prize education. You get a band, you get a sticker. <laughs> That's funny. Anybody, anybody got like a four or five-year-old in the house? What a four-year-old, what this kid would do for a Sticker. Move heaven and earth for a a sticker. I mean, if you're having trouble raising your kids, let me just save you a lot of help. Go go to the dollar store and buy yourself a book of stickers. You can run their life. I have a sticker. Charlie's and all these little things, and you know, after gymnastics, you you get a sticker. A sticker. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get some emails, but I'm going to say it anyway. What is your diploma? A sticker. <laughs> oh no, but I learned a lot. Okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad. But I mean at the end of the day, it's a sticker that somebody recognizes or they don't recognize it, or they're gonna give you a lot of money or whatever, it's a sticker. It can it can mean amazing things for you, but it can also mean nothing. And here's the thing, it doesn't necessarily make you any wiser doesn't necessarily make you any wiser. Proverbs, it says, though it costs you all you have, get wisdom. This is what I used to always teach the students. Because if you can get wisdom, you can get everything else that you need. Wisdom's like the golden goose, just keeps laying eggs for you. If you can get wisdom, you can get everything else that you need. But if you can't get wisdom or you don't, where do you find wisdom? All right, I'm out of time, but I want to read this one since I'm here. The Proverbs of Solomon for attaining wisdom. How many know we could use some wisdom in our world today? It's, like, it's in a whole different category. Like, Well, these guys are smart and they're arguing, but wisdom, this guy's wise. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for acquiring a discipline and a prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, knowledge and discretion. Discretion is a good word. He goes on personifies wisdom. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public square at the head of the noisy streets. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? I feel like that's happening right now. Like wisdom's up there going, how long are you going to keep doing this? You simple ones, how long will you mock you fools who hate knowledge? But since you rejected me when I called... Since you ignored my advice, I will turn. Listen to this. I will turn and will laugh at your disaster. That's wisdom. Personified. You keep pursuing the the silly and the foolish. There's nothing left for wisdom to do but laugh. But wisdom is begging you, crying you. Come here. I'll teach you. I'll instruct you. We have a culture that's now smothered in slogans. Maybe some of you who've been here a lot, you'll, you'll notice like, ah, Chris isn't telling as many stories today. And, but you know, stories are good, but listen. Our world's smothered in these slogans. And now, what they're learning, this is important, what they're learning about what we're doing to human beings is this. What they call long form video, long teaching, like me, I'm trying to actually teach you something, we're trying to get through some stuff. Are you with me? I'm trying to get through some stuff. is being consumed, the videos got shorter, and then they got shorter, and then they got shorter, and now the most popular is what TikTok, right? It's just, Act like an idiot and make it quick. <laughs> I mean, right? I'm not, there's no judgment. I mean, if you view if you TikTok, you watch them or whatever, but, but just follow the trend. Just follow the trend. Like to, to have a prolonged <clears throat> train of thought to go through something, it's dying. And it's reprogramming people's brains. This is what the scientists are telling us. We have little TikTok brains. Well, I mean, it's it's funny and it's not funny. And wisdom's like crying out, "Come here!" So, what do you do? How do you? Well, that's what I meant to get into. Like you got, you got to, you got to start. You got to start with the easy stuff. Start with the easy stuff. Go find a bunch of re- refrigerator verses. What I call them. Go find fifty of them. If you need help, email. Them. I'll send them to you. Inspire me. This is inspiration. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world right? No weapon formed against me will prosper. You just get them all over your refrigerator. Get them going. Inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. If God is for me, who can be against me, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things work together for good for those that love God and are called to his purpose. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans to give you hope. And you got inspiration. You need it. You get all over your, your little. That's, that's where you start, and then start learning the stories. So you re-smother your life with good slogans. You know what I mean? So it's all on top of the other stuff. And then, and then you, you know, you, you learn the stories. What's the stories? Well, you learn them. Why are they stories? Because that's how they communicated deep truth. Like I said, they don't have a, a thing at the end. Therefore, you be courageous like David. It just ends and it goes on. There's another story. and There's another story. But they keep knowing these stories and they get, they get buried in them. You need those stories buried in your DNA. I mean, Charlie loves stories. Who loves a good movie? And some people go, you know, I don't know. I never, you haven't read the Bible. If it's not interesting, you didn't read it. Guarantees, guarantee. Crazy stuff going on in there. Anybody watch The Bachelor? I won't look liars, you liars. All that intrigue and this and this, 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 it's all in there. You get all the intrigue you want to get, it's in there. It's salacious at parts, sure. Why? Because there are stories and the stories are are about how people live their lives and they're about how people should live their lives and people connect to stories. As soon as I start telling a story, everybody here goes like this. Charlie can tell you story after story, movie after movie after movie. Why is the Bible full of stories? Because stories connect to us. They relate to us. They show us how we should live our life. Um, uh, All right, we'll we'll pick it up next week. Let's uh, let's stand together. We're going to have a prayer together. All right, let me, let me answer a question. Someone asked me last week, which is really a good question. I said, Chris, but, you know, if you're doing it and you're doing it, just finish it. It's like, why, why do you have to cut off? I said, because there's some volunteers on that side of the building, which you are not one of. I'm just kidding, right? <laughs> but, actually, his wife does, so, you know. But, like, there's people down there serving our kids, you know. And how many know kids go crazy after a while? Absolutely bonkers. But we'll get there. It, it's okay if it takes you a while to get something. Anybody ever t- taken a golf lesson? Or, or a tennis lesson or something? It's just, it takes a while. But you don't quit. And don't worry. Don't worry about the hypocrites. And don't worry about this. And don't worry about that. Because you're throwing out the baby with the bat. Hold on to the baby. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Right? One of my first ones, Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I mean, build up your reservoir. You'll handle the storms. A whole lot better, I guarantee you that. Let's pray. God, give us a moment to really reflect about the foundation that we're building our life on. God, give us the willingness to recalibrate and even reconstruct if we need to, to build on a good foundation. God, we open up our hearts, we open up our minds to you. We pray for you to guide us in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Happy Sunday, Orchard Grove.